Today at Cross Radio. We may not claim it publicly, we may not admit it truly, but far too long we have bowed down too low to the altar of this world. And together with all the world's entertainers and superpowers, we have given ourselves over to the rule of Satan. We are coiled within the umbilical cords of this world's systems, choked by our own secular machinations and complications. It's time to go back to breathing fresh oxygen. And we find no other supply than from the Word of God. This is Breathing Lessons. Good morning, beloved listeners. Today, Twister will share a message on his mini-series entitled Breathing Lessons. This is a study on the last words of the Apostle Paul found in his second epistle to his disciple Timothy. This is a storm warning to the churches and especially to its pastors and leaders, and he is called to gear the church back to the Word of God. Listen and share this episode to family and friends. This is part 3 of Breathing Lessons. Hey, hey, Twister Hover here, and I'm so excited to share to you stories, anecdotes, and truths from the sacred writ that intertwine with our daily realities. This is Cross Radio, and welcome to the podcast that's all about the Christocentric word to the Christo-needing world. The church is having some difficulty breathing. She is choked by the world thinking that the world is her Lord and Savior, something that Satan has far too lured her from the very beginning. Satan tried to lure Jesus into kneeling and bowing down to him and promised him the whole world. And Jesus rebuked the devil. How? He held on to the word. Our Lord knew where the battle lines are drawn. The moment the church bows down to the world, look at its root. You are seeing something that has far too long exchanged the supremacy and authority of the word for the world. We may not claim it publicly, we may not admit it truly, but far too long we have bowed down too low to the altar of this world. And together with all the world's entertainers and superpowers, we have given ourselves over to the rule of Satan. We are coiled within the umbilical cords of this world's systems, choked by our own secular machinations and complications. It's time to go back to breathing fresh oxygen. And we find no other supply than from the Word of God. This is Breathing Lessons. Our topic is a study of Paul's last words to his protege and disciple, Pastor Timothy of the Ephesian Church. Using analogies from breathing, we get four essential points from our analysis. Number one, Paul's exhale. 2 Timothy 4, 9-10 This is the Apostle's sigh of disappointment. We have learned Demas loving the world and Paul choosing the less popular and more challenging choice to stand by the word, by the sacred scriptures. He calls Timothy, he calls us to do the same. Number two, we have learned Paul's inhale, found in 2 Timothy 4, 6-8. This is the Apostle's eternal hope. Paul's hope is that Jesus will do as he has promised. He has fought the good fight. He has finished the race. He has kept the faith. 
coat henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have loved his appearing and coat verses 7 to 8 today we will try to finish our last two points third paul's cbr found on second timothy 4 1 to 5 this is the apostles breath to breath rescue and number four paul's oxygen second timothy 3 16 to 17 the source of the apostles breathing point number three paul's cpr the apostles breath to breath rescue now we see very important matters here and the apostle paul was really serious he was now charging he is now charging timothy we know from a clue that this is the very important matters that paul wanted to talk to timothy dead or alive i want you timothy to listen very intently and here is my charge says paul timothy as a minister of god listen very intently brothers sisters pastors leaders body of christ we are ministers to the world as ministers of god to the world around us listen to this second timothy 4 1 to 5 esv quote i charge you in the presence of god and of christ jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom preach the word be ready in season and out of season reprove rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths as for you always be sober-minded endure suffering do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry end quote john MacArthur once said quote pastors today face a tremendous amount of pressure to do everything but preach the word church growth experts tell them they must address people's felt needs they are encouraged to be storytellers comedians psychologists and motivational speakers they are warned to steer clear of topics that people find unpleasant many have given up biblical preaching in favor of devotional homilies designed to make people feel good some have even replaced preaching with drama and other forms of staged entertainment but the pastor whose passion is biblical has only one option preach the word be ready in season and out of season reprove rebuke exhort with great patience and instruction end quote that was from John MacArthur. I actually use the term CPR because we are dying and we are out of air. We need a spiritual cardiopulmonary resuscitation. In a Christian sanctification, God is moving us away from our loving the world to loving His Word. Jesus prayed this to the Father. Listen to this very intently. This was again before He will be brought to Calvary. This is a form of Jesus' very own breathing lesson. Listen to this. Quote, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth as you sent me into the world so i have sent them into the world and for their sake i consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth end quote john 17 14 to 19 esv it's either you love the world or you love the word by the call of love you cannot stay in the middle 
your heart will always follow where your treasure lies. We are sanctified by the truth and nothing but the truth. His word is truth. We have no place in the world only as being sent here to love and die for God's church. It's either the world or the word. Church, you choose. Imagine you are here with me in the Philippines, here exactly in Bacolod City. And imagine two different routes to go to, either in Paris, France, on the far west, or Australia down below. Beloved, you cannot go to two places at the same time. You either go west or you go down south. You cannot move to two places. You cannot love two masters, either the world or his word. Either you go and become like the world or you go and obey the word. This was Paul's charge. I charge you, he says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, or reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Why? Paul was clear with this. Quote, for a time is coming. End quote. This is a word of prophecy. A word when the apostle Paul saw that in the future, with his apostolic credentials, he saw a future coming. A time is coming. Paul used this on chapter 3 of this epistle in 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. But that talked of the world. He said that the world will be from bad to worse, while evil people in verse 13 and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. He was really clear when he said this to Timothy, you will be persecuted if you live a godly life. The world will be worse on every moment. Listen intently. Paul is telling Timothy that since the world is going from bad to worse, you go back to the sacred writings. You go back to the Bible because it is the Bible who will complete you as a godly man. And you will experience persecutions along the way. Continue in what you have learned. Now Paul is sharing to us the very source of his breathing, the Word of God. It's either the world or the Word. Listen to David Brainerd in his poem here. Brainerd, under the date of April 25, 1742, wrote on his journal, Quote, Farewell, vain world, my soul can bid adieu. Your Savior taught me to abandon you. Your arms may gratify a sensual mind, but cannot please a soul for God designed. Forbear to incise, cease then my soul to call. Tis fixed through grace, my God shall be my all. While he thus lets me heavenly glories view, your beauties fade, my heart's no room for you. End quote. Now listen to the summary of Jeremiah here. Now this is God speaking. And really be clear with what the Lord wants to say here through the pen of the weeping prophet, Jeremiah. Jeremiah 5, 30-31, and I am reading from the NASB version. Quote, An appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule on their own authority. And my people love it so. But what will you do? at the end of it end quote beloved the people are loving false prophets the people are loving false prophecies this is really happening this is from james white quote church history has repeatedly and clearly proven one thing once the highest view of scripture is abandoned by any theologian group denomination or church the downhill slide in both its theology and practice is inevitable End quote. For the time is coming 
when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Verses 3 to 4 of 2 Timothy chapter 4. The world loves false prophets. I can still remember I was 16 when I preached my first sermon at my grandfather's church back then, Kawayan. I was still a baby Christian. Soon at 17, I preached at my previous youth church. With hyped up music, dim lights, and neon shirts, a pizza waiting on the outside, and a very colorful PowerPoint presentation with pictures and, and very funny jokes prepared. I made young people laugh and gave very good quotable quotes. And I think someone in the crowd was so blessed he phoned his parents he wanted to join this group because it was a happy place. I even sang before whenever I preached. I sang. Sometimes it was okay, but well, what's okay for me then may not be okay for you. I preached on the 10 tips on how to worship and why. That was my sermon. It was well prepared and oiled with Bible verses and anecdotes and fun trivias and jokes. I laughed. They laughed. We were all blessed. But then after the sermon, the pastor confronted me and told me, you did not explain the verse so well. I told him, you know what? Half the place laughed at my jokes. I was really good, I think. In fact, I got their attention. His point was simple. If you do not give them the proper interpretation of the verse, you gave them nothing. That was quite extreme for me. But later did I realize that he was correct. I was too busy focusing on making young people so happy and make the service so fun that I neglected the most important thing. I did not preach the word. Or to make it more specific, I did not preach the rightly divided word of God. It was like this. I gave them a verse and then thought that they will be blessed by this. For example, once I quoted a verse in front of many people back then in Iloilo, Matthew 4, 9, and he said to him, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Amen? And the people shouted, Amen. And I told them, You know what you just did? I went back to the word and properly gave them the context of it. Matthew chapter 4, verse 9 has a context found in its previous and following verses. Matthew 4, 8 to 10. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. They just said amen to Satan, asking for worship. Beloved, the pastor's calling is not to entertain everybody. It is to feed the sheep. And many people, including myself before, would sell all, kneel down, bow low to lies and fallacies just to get people what they want. And I too am satisfied with entertaining everybody. As long as I get the cheers and is stamped with approval and the world's success indicator. This is marketing preaching, meaning I market the word for me before success means both me and the audience feeling satisfied, plus some cute verses along the way. But scripturally speaking, this is not success. To Paul, success is being faithful to the Word of God. No matter what people feel, think, or react, Paul was not a respecter of persons. He was doing all means to please God and not men. Quote, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be. A servant of Christ. End quote. Galatians 1 10 ESV. What's the effect 
Or what does it look like for the church to have a very low regard for the Word of God? Paul's answer is simple. Worldliness. Worldliness will creep in. The Bible is not our standard of right and wrong anymore, but our culture, our emotions, and our own personal opinions apart from God's written Word. Either you choose the Word, or like Demas, love the present world and depart from scriptures. According to David Wells, quote, Worldliness is what makes sin look normal in any age and righteousness seem odd, end quote. We see Paul's very crucial words here, Paul's charge to Timothy, and it was with boldness. Timothy, in season or out of season, what does that mean? In fashion or even out of fashion, preach the word. Timothy, you know what to do. You need to preach the word no matter what, no matter when, no matter how. This is from J. Wilbur Chapman. Quote, Anything that dims my vision of Christ or takes away my taste for Bible study or cramps my prayer life or makes Christian work difficult is wrong for me and I must, as a Christian, turn away from it. This simple rule may help you find a safe path for your feet along life's road. End quote. From A.W. Tozer, anything that lures me away from my Bible is my enemy. Why? We will study this tomorrow. We will talk more of what we will call now the oxygen of Paul, the source of his breathing found on the previous verses, 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. Hey, hey, how are you there? I hope you are not merely blessed by the messages, but challenged and encouraged to take a stand and firmly breathe out the Word of God. This has been Breathing Lessons. If ever you want to message me for comments, suggestions, and if you want to be prayed for, please send me a private message via Cross Radio PH. That's our Facebook page. Or take note of this address on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash twisterhoverph. Again, www.facebook.com forward slash twisterhoverph. See you again tomorrow as we move to our fourth and final slice of our breathing lessons. We will now move to the very source of our breathing, the God-breathed Word. Have a good and godly day.